Welcome to Backlog Books. In this podcast, I will be recapping and discussing what I've been reading lately. My name is Kara. Thank you for joining me, and please be prepared for some spoilers. So I am currently reading The Seep by Chana Porter. Chana Porter? Not sure how you say their name. Um, and it's good. I think I'll talk about it um, on this podcast later. I'm also going to finish, finally finish reading the Witchmark trilogy. I'm sorry, it's called The Kingston Cycle. The first book was Witchmark, and I read Storm Song, and I got Soul Star out of the library this week. So I'm excited to finish that. It's been really good. Let's talk about a book that I have read and finished completely. This time we are talking about My Soul to Keep by Tanana Reeve Du. Here's the summary. When Jessica marries David, he is everything she wants in a family man. Brilliant, attentive, ever youthful. Yet she still feels something about him is just out of reach. Soon, as people close to Jessica begin to meet violent, mysterious deaths, David makes an unimaginable confession. More than 400 years ago, he and other members of an Ethiopian sect traded their humanity so they would never die, a secret he must protect at any cost. Now his immortal brethren have decided David must return and leave his family in Miami. Instead, David vows to invoke a forbidden ritual to keep Jessica and his daughter with him forever. Jessica finds herself trapped between the desperation of immortals who want to rob her of her life and a husband who wants to rob her of her soul. My Soul to Keep was published in 1997. It is the first book in the African Immortals series, followed by The Living Blood and several others. Our author, Tanana Reeve Du, is from Florida. She earned an MA in English Literature from the University of Leeds. Du published her first book, The Between, in 1995, while she was working as a journalist in Miami. These days, she's a writer and a teacher, and her courses at UCLA focus on Black horror and Afrofuturism. So the year of the vampire continues. I don't know what it is about the last year or so, but I really have been finally getting into my vampire phase, I guess, because I read The Quick and The Historian, and I'm rereading Dracula right now. It's just a good time for vampires. Um... In fairness, actually, this book isn't really about vampires. Uh, that's just the closest comparison to what's going on. And there are some similarities, which we'll get to. Uh, content warnings in this one for death of a child, animal death, and some good old-fashioned gore and murder. It's always funny to follow up the content warnings and say, I really liked this book. Um, but I did really like this book. It drew me in and I lost hours to it, which is such a satisfying experience. And at the same time, it's not action-packed. I was brainstorming how to talk about this one, and I usually talk through, like, basic plot and events, and suddenly I was like, how do I explain how the author sets up a file folder as such an ominous object where in one chapter I want the main character to find it and in the next I'm hoping she loses it forever. This book is definitely in the horror and suspense genre, which I don't normally read, 
But, you know, if something has fantasy elements, I'll give it a try. I think that's what made me the maddest about History of Wild Places. It had hints of fantasy elements, but never really... didn't fully commit, I guess. But anyway, I have a whole episode about a history of Wild Places if you want to hear me try to be very fair to a book I didn't enjoy very much. My soul to keep uh, is the story of Jessica, a reporter married to a wonderful man with a child they love very much. Jessica's life is good. Along with her wonderful family, she has recently gotten her dream job as a reporter. She's even started talking with a co-worker about maybe writing a book together. There's definitely tension between her work and her family life, where her husband wants her to be home all the time. Not in a, I want you home to cook and clean and care for our child kind of way. He just wants to be with her, to have her attention and presence, which he can't have if she's chasing stories down at all hours of the night. Do manages to write this relationship where her husband David is controlling and possessive. Um, but Jessica is so, she's so deep in it and loves him so much that she's just like, it takes her a long time to, I don't know, there's a lot of uh, justifying of what David does in this book from Jessica, which makes absolute sense for her situation. But anyway, um, interspersed in Jessica's life are stories from DeWeet, a man born 500 years ago who received the gift of immortal life from a great teacher, someone who claimed to have taken the blood of Jesus and uses it in a ritual to grant immortality. So that's why I'm calling this vampire adjacent. Blood plays an important role in this story. The living blood must be passed on at the point of death for the ritual to succeed. Very vampire. Um, but there's no blood drinking for sustenance required. So we hear how DeWitt received the living blood 400 years ago, how he lived among mortals often. I'm realizing I said he was born 500 years ago and then received the living blood 400 years ago, which makes it sound like he was 100 years old. Um, when he received the living blood, which is not true. So probably let's go with the 400 years rather than the 500 years. Anyway, DeWitt lives among mortals often, loving them and teaching them, but always leaving them behind when his immortal brothers call him back to their secret home. We hear how DeWitt has in the past killed to keep the secret of his immortality when necessary, and how recently he has had to kill again. He's stayed in one place for too long. The people around him are getting suspicious. There are only around 60 immortals. They are all men, and most of them stay together in their enclave, not bothering to live among mortals. There's definitely a feeling of strangeness to them. They've seen so much, and they have such a different perspective. And this enclave focuses on the pursuit of knowledge. They spend all of their time in studying the natural world, arguing philosophy, art, science, researching, and innovating. Some of them spend months or years debating one idea. They have so much time and so much shared knowledge that they've advanced beyond the modern world with ease. 
And one of the reasons they are so focused on this pursuit of knowledge is that they believe themselves to be locked out of heaven. I mean, if you can't die, you can't ever reach heaven, death being kind of one of the requirements for entry. So you might as well study some stuff while you're here forever. Unless you're, what is it, Enoch, who walked with God and was taken up by an angel to heaven. So there's like, very seldom does somebody just get to get yoinked to heaven while still alive. Um, So if you can't die and you can't reach heaven, you might as well study some stuff while you're here forever, which is kind of a different angle to come from in this vampire analog situation, because often in vampire stories, vampirism is demonic in origin, thereby putting itself directly in opposition to heaven, which I'm pretty sure is how like Buffy the Vampire Slayer did it. I don't remember how Anne Rice's vampire books did it. It's been so long since I read those. Um, But for the African immortals, it is merely the fact of their deathlessness that keeps them in a kind of opposition to God's will. Also, probably something to do with the fact that they stole Jesus's blood could have something to do with it. Who can say? But hey, we're really here to talk about Jessica. She is struck with loss over and over. This book begins with them losing the family dog. Then her co-worker, who she was planning to write a book with, is murdered. And then her great uncle dies in an accident. And each death draws her closer to her husband, to the closed loop he tries to make of their family, just the three of them and no one else. He is gradually cutting her off from her family and friends, being so charming and reasonable that she finds herself agreeing with him, that it should just be the three of them. These incidents, however, also draw her closer to her faith, to religion, to finding solace and comfort in the idea of an afterlife for her family and a plan from higher power. And of course, you pretty quickly realize that Dawit, our African immortal, and Jessica's husband David are one and the same. In the end, Dawit abandons his vow of secrecy in the hope that Jessica will join him in his immortal life and their daughter will join them as well. He can no longer bear to lose the mortals he loves. But can Jessica trust him? He's been lying to her and putting her and her daughter in danger from his fellow immortals. And even if she can trust him, can she accept the idea of losing heaven? And will DeWitt's immortal brothers allow him to carry out his plan, or will they be forced to stop him? Now, this is a good old-fashioned murder mystery slash suspense book. You know who the killer is, you're just waiting for the main character to notice all the clues around her. Uh, And it's a vampire murder book, so bad stuff happens. But like I said, I was drawn in by the story, and I'm glad I read this one. There are a couple of sequels, but this is a great standalone. I think if you liked the original Interview with a Vampire book, you should try this one. And if you want even more media like this. The closest comparison is obviously Anne Rice's vampire books, but I also want to suggest The Faceless Old Woman Who Secretly Lives in Your Home by Joseph Fink and Jeffrey Craner, and Dread Nation by Justina Ireland, though that one is zombies, not vampires. Not that The Faceless Old Woman has vampires that I remember. 
It just has that kind of spooky, spooky vibe. Um, and join me next time to hear about The Warrior's Apprentice by Lois McMaster Bujold. As always, you can contact me at backlogbookspod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support it, the best way to do that right now is to rate and review it or just share it with a friend. You can find the pod on Facebook at Backlog Books Podcast or at backlogbooks.com. The music is by Joseph McDade. You can hear more of his work at josephmcdade.com. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope to talk with you again soon.